Domingo, yo, the Prince Rock King. This here is called my Deli Venom, you know what I'm saying? Some old freestyle type of slick slang for you and your gang, you know, but y'all kind of sweat this. Check it out, and you don't quit. The mini brothers know me for what? For bagging bitches. But I'm also known for giving stitches. A buck fifty to those who get nifty. Pass by your ass or faster, call me swifty. And here I go, and here I go. And yo, you. go out like bro and act you. like you know. Bet you can't beat We're me. Back once me again. Another edition of the Wu-Tang Podcast, the Channel 10 Podcast production. And it is I, the almighty ARR Tick in the building, and I'm alongside... Sin God Superior. Topic of today's show is going to be, ooh, I love you, Prince Rakim, by Prince Rakim. Actually, no, it's called, ooh, I love you, Rakim, excuse me, by... Prince Rakim, who later became known as the RZA, the Abbot of the Wu-Tang. Um, guess before we get into it, um, you know, we're slowly building this thing up. Thanks, everybody, for checking out our last episode on Words from the Genius. And um, the Wu-Tang podcast is now on iTunes, so you can go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, rate, and uh, comment, and um, subscribe and all that. But, um, yeah, ooh, I love you, Prince Rakim. Um, this is another <laughs> one of the albums that came, or not, it's not an album, it's an EP that came out before, uh, you know, the actual Wu Tang clan, you know, I guess clipped up entirely and started dropping records. Um, so this album actually came out July the 1st, or this project came out July the 1st, 1991. And, um, it has three songs and then, you know, different remixes and instrumentals of, um, some of the songs. Um, and I don't know, man, like... No disrespect, and I'm not trying to, you know, be rude, but, you know, this was a very difficult listen for it to be so short. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I can. Uh, I, I agree. It was, uh, you know, I've listened to it before, of course, and, uh, you know, when I had to go back and revisit it for the sake of this podcast, you know, it took me a while. You know, I, I had to get myself ready to riled up for it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think the interesting thing about it to me is that, you know, comparing it to Words from a Genius, um, you know, Words from a Genius had a lot more Wu-Tang elements in it, it felt like to me, than this did, um, because this was more so like RZA's voice, but just on a whole different type of vibe that wasn't really like I just really wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah I mean I would even argue that this isn't even exactly RZA's, RZA's voice I mean if you think about RZA um, and how he you know uh, pronounces his words he doesn't he doesn't really like enunciate clearly right. And he kind of, uh, you know, he stumbles over words, and I guess he just purposely does that. And then, like, even 
I was reading um, a complex article about the creation of, you know, Kanye West's uh, My Beautiful Dark Twi Twisted Fantasy and uh, for the, uh, what, what is it called? The uh, uh, flu. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, there was like a, there was a, um, well, not really a disagreement, but con some confusion because Kanye West thought that RZA was saying the wrong words, but he wasn't really. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's kind of weird hearing RZA, you know, uh, enunciate so clearly. It just doesn't sound like the RZA that we all have come to know. Yeah, and then, you know, him singing on the hook was very interesting. Um, especially given, you know, the, the subject matter. Um, I would say that maybe this this was the uh, I guess the birth of the alter ego known as Bobby Digital <laughs> because on these three songs you have Ooh I Love You Rakim you have Deadly Venoms and you have Sexcapades and um, Ooh I Love You Rakim and Sexcapades are just like you know lyric wise um just very kind of over the top kind of ridiculous um you know sexually themed songs whereas um deadly venoms is more so him trying to go in with the bars but it's it's not really <laughs> like you know um when you look at rizza on impossible from um from uh, Wu-Tang Forever, you know, this is not that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that might be... That might be my favorite RZA verse. I'm not sure. Uh, that verse from Impossible. But... Mm. Um, and then they have a Wu-Tang mix of Sexcapades, which doesn't sound anything like a Wu-Tang mix to me. <laughs> I mean, I think it was kind of Wu-Tang-esque. I mean, I would say that the most Wu-Tang-esque uh, song between Jizza and RZA's projects and uh, around this time would be um, uh, Pass the Bone that that was on the, re the second reissue of Jizza's album. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Um, and I couldn't really find anything with RZA talking about this. Because, um, like, you know, Jizza, he mentioned words from the genius, and he basically said, you know, he was proud of it lyrically, but the beats were whack. Um, but one interesting thing about this is that it uh, looks like Easy Mo B, um, you know, helped out with the production of Sex Capades and then some of the, um, the uh, remixes on here, which I thought was pretty interesting. Because this uh, album actually came out on uh, Tommy Boy. Um, so I guess, you know, Easy Mo B was, you know, down with Riz and Jizz at the time um, for him to, you know, contribute to both projects. Yeah. And I think, um, well, I don't, I don't think he had any production, any kind of production credit on any other Wu-Tang album other than Eight Diagrams. Yeah. I know he uh, he did. Uh, I think get him out, get him out your way, Paul. Whatever oh, yeah. it's called, Point eight diagrams. But maybe Iron Flag too. I'm not too sure. But yeah, I mean he. I mean you you would you would think that you know someone who was kind of involved with you know Risen and Jesus so early would kind of have like an ongoing relationship throughout the clan's career, but it didn't seem that way. 
I mean, maybe after these two projects, they kind of had a bad taste in their mouth from Easy Mobi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. And then you know, maybe uh, maybe they were kind of thrown thrown off by um, by uh, you know Easy Mobi dealing with Big and Puff and whole the whole shark the shark niggas. Oh yeah, skit. yeah. You know, back in the early '90s, there was. Um, I mean, you know, dudes were coming at each other's necks, and a lot of it was real subliminal to where, you know, you had to, you had to really kind of catch it. Like, um, it's funny, I was listening, somebody reposted up that interview with Nas, um, where he was just going crazy on Hot 97, and he talked about Cam and Nori and all the people, and, um, yeah. Then somebody under it posted some lyrics that he had from, um, from what was it? Um, Get down off of Godson, or maybe it was Last Real Nigga. I think it was Last Real Nigga Alive when he was talking about like his Biggie Wars, and he was talking about you know Raekwon said that they was going to do this, and then Biggie said that they was going to do that, and then you know it was just real interesting like you know the, the uh, dynamics between all these all these rappers and everything um so i definitely think that you know that probably has something to do with why easy mo b doesn't really pop up until later short and all that yeah but um yeah i mean it's not too much to say about uh oh we love you rakeem um you know it's it kind of reminds me of like if, if some of my early uh songs would be released on a label <laughs> and like how embarrassed i would be yeah i mean yeah rizza does not talk about this at all i mean i i, I try to look for some something that rizza has said mm. about this album and nothing i mean but i'm trying to because uh <laughs> I, th- I want to say that Tears was kind of recorded around this time, maybe. Or was that 92? Because Wu-Tang, I mean, Into the 36 Chambers came out uh 94, 93. Wow, 93. so Rizzo must have really stepped his game up tremendously in between 91 and 92, then. Unless, I mean, another thing, too, is that um, I mean, we, you know, with him being on Tommy Boy, they might have been looking for a certain type of thing, and so he kind of might have been forced to kind of do these kind of records. <coughs> mm. Oh yeah, I mean, well, De La Soul was on Tommy Boy, I think. I'm um, doing this time, and so that's around uh, the time of De La Soul is dead. Yeah. So I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, it seems as if Tommy Boy was kind of into the more happier kind of laid back um yeah and i guess competing with other labels like cold chilling you know they i guess tried to have more sex themed um maybe more sex themed records for the ladies and stuff but you know like nori always said or like he said on that one song i think it was grimy he said fuck tommy boy them niggas just suck Um, that's one of the most <laughs> direct diss lines ever. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, when it, 
when Protect Your Neck came out, like the like the, only the single well before the album, the B side mm. to it, I think the B side was Tears. Yeah, so it might and have so been. So I would imagine that around the same time, I mean, yeah, I mean he had to be doing some some kind of Wu Tang shit around yeah. this time. I mean, it's so funny that like when you um, I was looking at uh some like old videos like when when Jizzle was still like the genius and he was promoting his album and so it was um I can't I guess it was, it was video music box or whatever and uh it was Jizzle ODB and and Prince Rakim and like how like how different they were and then you know then two years later they had a Wu Tang Clan with like with uh with Ed Lover or whoever they were with. And they all have crazy and shit, and they, it seems if like they just kind of like, uh, they just decided to like dress like just grimy on purpose. Yeah, I mean, so it's just kind of funny. It could just be that that's when they got real heavy into the dust. And, you know, yeah, probably so. Like Schoolie D said on um, on the Channel 10 podcast, you know, the drugs definitely have a major impact on music, the type of drugs that you're consuming at the time. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if that's the case, then no one, no, no wonder, you know, RZA was able to make 36 Chambers yeah. and then make a whole bunch, a slew of solo albums. And stay up forever on dust doing that shit. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, we love you, Rakeem. Uh, once again, definitely not a classic. Um, but at the end of the day, still an important piece of um hip hop history. Uh, just to see, you know, the transition of of you know someone like the RZA from this humble beginning into you know what he became and what he's still becoming today yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're right man this is this really isn't much to say about this <laughs> but you know we had to talk about it um you know since we're covering all things wu-tang so there you have it people all right so um make sure you check out wutangpodcast.com um we're on itunes we'll be on stitcher real soon uh, channel10podcast.com got a lot of big things going on there so make sure you check that out follow us on all social media follow me at srtick follow singar superior and um, keep up with what we're doing and um, you know until next time peace peace Life is a drag, there's money to make and more girls to back.